Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. At the window. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. And go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell... Welcome to At The Window here on the Fantasy Sports Network. I am Sean Guasamacchia. It's a beautiful Wednesday here in New York City, Studio 34, Midtown Manhattan. And I say beautiful because it's not raining. It's been raining this past week, and yesterday was a torrential downpour. It was awful out, and uh, at least it's not raining today. It's overcast, though. Uh, crossing my fingers that we don't get rain today, although I haven't been out in a couple hours. Maybe it has uh, started to rain. Uh, who knows? But just miserable weather, as I like to uh, talk about on the show all the time. But uh, beyond that, uh, a lot to talk about NBA today. Uh, there was a trade. Grizzlies finally trade their point guard. Uh, Mike Conley, he goes to the Jazz in a multiplayer deal. The uh, Grizzlies get back Jay Crowder, Grayson Allen, who didn't play as much as I would have liked to see last year, the, the, the kid out of Duke. Uh, two first-round picks, the 23rd overall this year, and Kyle Korver. Uh, this is a good trade for, for Utah. I like it. it. 31 years old, Conley, and he has that huge contract. But they need to build around Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, uh, a great player, transcendent player for the Jazz. They want to keep him happy. They got to add talent around uh, Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert still there. Just build around those two guys and try to do something in the Western Conference because Donovan Mitchell, long term, you think he's going to stay in Utah? I mean, he's already unhappy with all of the fans and and all of the uh, insensitive remarks they've made over the years. It's hard to keep good players in Utah. It's not exactly a destination for players. So this is a good move because they want to surround Donovan Mitchell with talent, and Conley's talented. Uh, He averaged 20 points a game last year. He's not, is he worth? The max money, the super max that he got from the Grizzlies a couple of years ago, probably not. But at 31, he scores 20 a game. He's a better player than uh, Ricky Rubio, who they had last year at the point. It's an upgrade over Ricky Rubio. And in the West, it, it's not wide open. As much as the Warriors are um, down and out after losing to the Raptors in the NBA Finals, Klay Thompson's going to be back. Steph Curry's still there. Draymond Green is still there. And without Kevin Durant, Let's just assume he's not coming back to the Warriors. He's not going to play this year anyway, so he's not going to be there. But the Warriors with the, the same squad, that Clay Thompson, Stephon, um, Stephon, Steph Curry, and uh, Draymond Green, they won 73 regular season games with that lineup. So they'll be all right. So the West is not wide open. The Rockets, are they going to dismantle their uh, James Harden-Chris Paul connection? Reports, Yahoo Sports came out with it yesterday. That uh, Chris Paul demanded a trade, wants out of Houston, doesn't get along with James Harden. Now, Daryl Morey, the GM of the Rockets, he did talk to the Houston Chronicle after that news and said Chris Paul's not going anywhere. We'll see what happens there. So, the Jazz sensing, hey, why don't we try to do whatever we can do to improve this roster now? You never know. Maybe uh, we get lucky and 
get the matchup in the playoffs and we can maybe win a couple of rounds or what have you. So I like it. It's a good trade for the Jazz. For the Grizzlies, it's a great trade as well. They're going to pick Morant in the draft, most likely here, second overall. He can play the point, so you don't need Conley there. So you have Morant uh, now going to take over there in Memphis. Pair uh, Morant with Jaron Jackson Jr. You got a nucleus to build around if you're the Memphis Grizzlies. And you got Grayson Allen. We'll see what he can do. Play him at the two guard. Uh, didn't get enough run last year uh, with the Jazz. We'll see what he could do. But, I mean, he's not. They're really trading away the contract and the age, the 31 years old, uh, Mike Conley. That's really the crux of the trade for the Grizzlies, clearing that cap space and getting Conley out of there. But they do get some some valuable commodities. They get Grayson Allen, uh, Crowder. Crowder's a good player, a tough player. Uh, Corver, uh, who knows if they'll keep Corver. I mean, he'll probably go to a contending team, one of those title contenders who are looking for outside shooting because they certainly don't need to be paying him uh, money to, to be on the team uh, next year when they're kind of rebuilding the Grizzlies. And 23rd pick overall. We'll see what they can do. But so good trade for, from, for both teams here. Um, Mike Conley finally, finally moved. He goes to the Utah Jazz. And uh, looking at the West now, right now, I mean, you talked about the Warriors, uh, Spurs, uh, they're, they're uh, kind of in flux right now. What are, the, what are they going to do? But I, the Jazz, Jazz over, over the Spurs, they're right there, uh, both teams. We'll see what the Clippers do. The Lakers, of course, added Anthony Davis. You got to like them over the Jazz in the Western Conference. Rockets, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, it's so much more is to come. It's hard to sit here and predict the uh, next season for uh, the NBA. As much as people want to give the Lakers a trophy right now, there's still a lot to be started out. And that starts on Thursday with the NBA draft. And a lot going on there as well. Um, Looking at these draft prospects, doing some homework there. Jared Culver's the one guy I saw, and I, I talk about this. I didn't watch him a lot last year. I did watch some games, especially in the tournament. And as the games got more and more important, Culver played worse and worse. 5 of 22 in the national title game. Now, a lot of that has to do with DeAndre Hunter, who was uh, the matchup there, and he's going to be a top five, top six pick in this NBA draft, uh, the six foot seven forward slash center out of Virginia, DeAndre Hunter. So I'll, I'll give him a pass there, Jared Colvo. But in, against Michigan State, he was only three of 12. Not, not great there as well. Uh, Jared Culver, he struggled. And against Gonzaga, he was horrible. 5 of 19, I believe, in that game. So he struggled from the field. The Texas Tech offense basically was, let's dribble the ball. It's a high-motion offense. A lot of passing going on. like Kind of like the Bob Knight system that Chris Beard learned under when he was an assistant under Bob Knight for all those years. And it, it, he's, he molded it into to his liking. But there's a lot of motion, a lot of passing, dribble down the clock, and then let's just give it to Jared Culver, and he'll go one-on-one ISO, and we'll, he'll get to the rim and either score, kick it out for three, and Trick Owens or Mooney will, will shoot the three from the corner. That's basically, in a nutshell, what the offense was for Texas Tech last season. So they put a lot of pressure on Jared Culver to create his own shot. And that's what he did. He did create his own shot. He was on his way to the Big 12 Player of the Year last year as a sophomore, much improved from his freshman season. I don't see at the next level, though, when you're playing against premium athletes, like when you're playing against the best in the world who could match up with you as far as athleticism and size is concerned, I don't see where Jared Culver is. Shot's not great. His outside shot's not great. He's more of a in-between type player, uh, more of a two-point shooter, kind of like a Kevin Durant type, uh, where he's going to live in in between the paint and and the three-point line and kill you there. But I don't think he's good enough to kill you there. Is he a productive player at the next level? I think he will be. He, six foot seven. He has length. 
uh, six foot ten wingspan, so he's a, a capable defender. Uh, he has to work on his outside shot, as a lot of these kids in this draft do. I mean, Cam Reddish has to work on his outside shot. R.J. Barrett has to work on his outside shot. Zion Williamson has to work on his outside shot. Uh, just the list goes on. Romeo Langford has to work on his outside shot. I, I mean, all the kids when you read all these draft uh, workups uh, in this NBA draft. Like 90% of them have to work on their outside shot. And that could be worked on. As we've seen in the past, Jason Kidd is the prime example that comes to mind when we talk about players who came into the league, into the NBA, with a terrible outside shot and improved it greatly throughout uh, the career. So uh, Jason Kidd, it's been done before. But most of the time, you never improve that much in your with your outside shot. Well, LeBron James has. LeBron James came into the league and was coming out of high school, so a lot of his game's going to improve. But uh, LeBron didn't have a great three-point shot when he came out uh, from high school, from Akron. But he worked on it, and he's, he's more than capable now outside shooter. So it, it can be done. You can improve your outside shot. So a lot of these kids, I'm not going to write them off, and I'm not going to write Jared Culver off just because uh, he has to work on his outside shot. I'm also reading how he's not great laterally, doesn't have great lateral quickness. That's going to be a problem at the next level in the NBA. Has to build up his body again other than Zion Williamson, a lot of these kids, 18, 19 years old, they're going to grow. They're, they're going to grow into their bodies, and they're going to add some weight and, and get stronger. So uh, that, that I'm not too concerned about. But uh, as far as being an NBA all-star, I don't see it from Jared Culver. I don't think that's, that's where he's going to end up. I do like DeAndre Hunter. He could shoot the three, great defender, um, great size, six foot seven, kind of fits into that uh, bet, he's like a Draymond Green type, but with a better outside shot, if you could imagine that. So I, I love him. I love him to the Cleveland Cavs with John Beeline. John Beeline likes those those big guys who could shoot the outside shot and shoot the three. That's DeAndre Hunter. Did a great job on Jared Culver in the national championship game. I'd like to see uh, – he's one of the – he's a player outside the big three, outside the Zion Williamson, Morant, and outside of Barrett. DeAndre Hunter I really like a lot in this draft. Now, Darius Garland – they didn't see him play. He played five games at Vanderbilt this year. As I said, uh, hard to really give you a scouting report, but people love him. They point guard. He's a big time recruit uh, coming out of the Tennessee area um, out of high school. And Vanderbilt was uh, surprisingly signed him, and and then he tore his ACL, and he, he only played five games. So it's hard to go on his college record. But uh, the uh, experts are very big on Darius Garland as well. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. As far as Zion Williamson, because that's the big fish in this NBA draft, uh, what will he be at the next level? What is Zion Williamson? What is he going to be the uh, LeBron James of his generation? Is he going to have that type of impact in the NBA? Or will he be, and to a lesser extent, Barkley, Charles Barkley type, who I've heard him often compared to. Will he be even less than that? Will he be not even a, a all-star, perennial all-star, future Hall of Famer like Charles Barkley? Will he be a lesser player, more in, in the mold of this, not a great scorer, just, just an average player at the next level? You hear some people thinking he's going to be a bust. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening at all. Um, uh, Brian, producer Brian said, Anthony Bennett. No, he's not going to be Anthony Bennett. Uh, no, no way in hell. The worst, actually, number one pick, Ever was Anthony Bennett out of UNLV. I mean, what a what a dud he was, and he was a surprise number one pick. That wasn't a great draft. So uh, the Cleveland Cavs, what could you do? I mean, they they got stuck with the number one pick that year. They had to pick someone, and I they went with That's Anthony Bennett. Thing. Anthony Bennett was, I mean, when he was picked number one, we were all surprised too when he went number one. And but I mean, he's 
look at his numbers. I mean, he, he was playing in the G League uh, after being picked number one overall. You don't see a lot that happen often. But, no, Zion Williamson won't be a bust like that. Zion Williamson, I am very high on Zion. I wasn't high to begin the year. I thought R.J. Barrett would be a better pro. But after watching Zion Williamson, especially uh, the later uh, part of the year when he came back from his groin injury, that dude, he's just so explosive. He gets off the ground quicker than anyone else. The concern is... He's going to add weight. He's just 19 years old. He's already 285 pounds. He's going to get even bigger. And how does that play? Because he has, the, when he plays his game, he is putting the ball on the floor. He's putting a lot of wear and tear on, on his ligaments, on his joints. Will that catch up with him five, ten years down the road? That's a concern. I, 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 as outside shots are concerned, free throw shooting is a concern. I think he's going to step in from day one. Just as far as the NBA is concerned, it's not the NBA back 20 years ago where you needed to have a post game if you're a big man and the, the outside shot for, for a guy, his, his size and his, his skill level was, was less of a concern. But now it, that's all the NBA is. I think he's going to feast inside against these, these kind of like, yeah, the same height, but he's going to use his athleticism to out-muscle and to just out-jump most of the players in the NBA, even at the, at the elite level, because he is an athlete off the charts, his jumping ability, and is just a size. He's just going to double-double right away. He's, there is no doubt in my mind he will average 10 rebounds a game next year. I, I think I'll go as high as 18 to 20 points and about 11 to 12 rebounds next year for the Pelicans, for Zion Williamson. Would not be surprised if he's even better, 25 and, and 10. Uh, I'm so high on Zion Williamson. The, the problem, I think people... Don't like the, the Duke hype machine, the ESPN hype machine. So they're sick of seeing this guy uh, catching alley-oop dunks uh, and doing 360 dunks and, and whatever, and they're just sick of it, and they just want to find reasons to bet against him. And early on, I was like, all right, he could dunk. We, we've seen him dunk. We, we, we knew that coming in that he could dunk. We know he's a great athlete. Is he a great player, though? And then people pick apart his outside shot and his free throw percentage and his lousy free throw percentage shooting. Um, but... When you watch him play, I mean, just in the tournament, he's, oh, he's the best player on the court. It, it, it's so hard to even defend him in, in the collegiate level. And, of course, it's to be expected with an athlete. Uh, he can make up for his mistakes just by uh, his pure athleticism, right, at the college level. Even in the NBA, his athleticism is better than 95% of the players. It's crazy. He has that great uh, ability. And so he's going to lean on that and learn the game. Going to New Orleans, Lonzo Ball, if, if he stays there, another, we don't know. The, the Pelicans might trade Lonzo Ball. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I don't see how that really fits there. I mean, Zion can't really shoot from the outside. Brandon Ingram's not a great outside shooter. And we know Lonzo Ball can't shoot. I mean, that's a terrible uh, shooting team right, right now. But a lot has to be worked out. The Pelicans also have the fourth pick overall. What are they going to do with that? Will they trade it? Uh, will they keep it? A lot needs to happen before we could really pin down the, the numbers for Zion next year. We have to see what his team is going to look like around him. But I'm high on Zion. Morant, how could you not like what you see out of Morant? Uh, went to Murray State, lesser competition. So there's a concern there with his numbers uh, and, and what have you. But uh, his off-the-charts triple-double in the uh, tournament. Uh, a lot to like. Explosive. Nice size. Uh, there's a lot to like about Morant and R.J. Barrett, too. Um, it, the only concern about Barrett is outside shot, and, but he's six foot six and a half, uh, kind of what we expected. He's listed at 6'7", right there. 
Wingspan's the same thing. Um, I just playing with Zion might have hurt his growth if that's crazy enough. Like, because Zion was the focal point, but when Zion was out, RJ Barrett stepped up and he was the main scorer there. I believe he was the highest scoring freshman in ACC history last year. So a lot, a lot to like about RJ Barrett. The Knicks uh, definitely need to pick him with the third pick overall. We are not done talking about the third pick and the New York Knicks. Ed Cohen joins me next, radio voice of the New York Knicks. That's next here on At the Window on the Fantasy Sports Network. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. But a lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. I'm going to take it forever. That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say. When you listen to your radio commercials, you say that's not possible. But since I've experienced it, your commercials aren't strong enough. I am 76, and I've had a belly for way too long. My whole body is shrinking. My energy level has gone up. And the only thing difference is under 400. It's great stuff. I tried other products, and nothing happened. Guys, if you'd like to lose stubborn belly fat, gain energy, and feel years younger, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 andro400.com What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631, 800-961-3631, 800-961-3631, Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Rocking like a hurricane, baby. Welcome back to At The Window here on the Fantasy Sports Network. I am Sean Guasamacchia. We are waiting on Ed Cohen, radio voice for the New York Knicks. They hold the number three pick 
in tomorrow's NBA draft. We'll see what the Knicks are doing there. We know they rejected the Atlanta Hawks offer of the 8th and 10th first-round pick uh, in this year's draft for the number three overall. So Knicks looking to keep that pick. What will they do? They're working out Darius Garland. Uh, many suspect that's just a smokescreen as they are locked in on R.J. Barrett. I think Knicks fans would uh, throw a fit if they heard Darius Garland with the third pick in the 2019 NBA draft. The New York Knicks select Darius Garland, Vanderbilt guard, 6'2", 195. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get Ed's take on that. And we have Ed, Ed Cohen. The radio voice of the New York Knicks and proud Ithaca College graduate. What's going on, Ed? Hey, Sean G. Nothing. What's going on? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Great. It's it's wonderful to join you. Yeah. Go back to our time uh, probably seven, eight years ago, Sirius XM. So it's been a lot of Yes, it's been a lot you've done from afar and Yeah, thank you. No well, question. Yeah, you yourself uh, now uh, doing the uh, radio broadcast for the New York Knicks, play-by-play. Congratulations on that. Uh, of course, you've been doing it for a few years now, but uh, didn't get the chance to congratulate you. I uh, wanted to do that. But what do you think? Tomorrow, the number three pick, uh, the, the Knicks working out Darius Garland. Many suspect, though, that they, they will take the Duke forward R.J. Barrett with the third pick overall. As far as this team's concerned, though, Ed, and, and you've watched the team, obviously, you know the team. R.J. Barrett would be a nice fit for the young core that they have there in New York right now. Now, Sean, I woke up today and said, Zion Williamson will slip. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Uh, right. You know, I think it would be unnatural at this point to think someone who number three who wasn't named R.J. Because immediately when the Knicks and, and got that spot in the lot, and even that, when you saw the open and three teams move into the top to know that they had the top three pick those feeling but they landed one huge this year because good williamson and barrett are and i think rj barrett will fit in i think his game tailored for the nba i love what he can do off the and his shot will only get better and the big thing is he will work he wants to stay Hey, right hey, Ed, now. you're breaking, Ed, you're breaking up a little bit. Way. Ed, we're going to try to reestablish a, a connection. You're, you're breaking up a little bit, uh, and I want to make sure we, we have you uh, on a solid line there. So uh, my producer, Brian, is going to try to reconnect with you. All right, all right Brian's going to work on that. Apologize for that right now. Uh, Ed was coming in and out, and hopefully we could get him on a better line there um, uh, so we, you can understand what he's trying to say there. But he likes R.J. Barrett, thinks he would be a nice fit. For the New York Knicks and uh, many, many, many Knicks fans, uh, they, they want to hear that and they want to hear uh, R.J. Barrett's name with the third pick overall. But um, I guess the other intriguing thing about the Knicks is what are they going to do with free agency, right? Because many suspect it's going to be R.J. Barrett. What are the, will R.J. Barrett play for the Knicks? Another thing too, will they trade? that pick, uh, and R.J. Barrett to, to get another established veteran. They have two uh, players they could sign with the max deal. Uh, what's going on with that? Uh, many suspect Kevin Durant will still come here despite the Achilles tear. Then d- does that uh, create this season? Does that uh, uh, make this season more of a rebuild again with the New York Knicks? Try to see what you get out of R.J. Barrett if you keep him. Kevin Knox, another year of uh, uh, playing time. Mitchell Robinson, uh, all those young players. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. even. How does he fit into the team? 
uh, going forward. Uh, so hopefully we could reestablish connection with uh, uh, Ed Cohen and uh, we'll get you back on. But until then, uh, I wanted to switch gears real quick and talk about Manny Machado and the umpires union uh, just laying into Joe Torre for the one-game suspension of Manny Machado for aggressively arguing and bumping Bill Welke, the umpire. Now, I didn't see that. I did not see Manny Machado, and I watched a video. You could go on YouTube right now. You could, talk, uh, you could type in Manny Machado. Uh, we'll get back to that. We have Ed Cohen back online. Ed, you were saying about R.J. Barrett. Hey, yeah, I can hear you much better now. Sorry about that. No problem. Yeah, I, I don't know where it was cut off, but I think in the Taylor made for this team a great off the dribble. And I think when you go against college guys, and now he had a terrific season to do changes, you'll be going against stronger players, more talented guys, but I think he'll make the changes. He's so young, and he won't work, and he wants this stage, and I think that goes such a long way when you're drafting that high pick. Uh, I think he'll be a terrific. Ed, Ed, I apologize. Again, the connection's just, uh, I, I think it's probably on our end. Uh, just you, you coming in and out there a little bit. It's hard to hear you. Um, we'll, we'll see if, if we could reestablish. But uh, my apologies, Ed. My apologies to the audience there. Uh, uh, Brian, if, if you could talk to Ed, apologize for me, please. Um, so, Ed, look, R.J. Barrett would be a great addition to uh, the Knicks rotation there. And free agency, we'll see what the Knicks do tomorrow. Uh, but also the Pelicans, will the Pelicans, will they keep the fourth pick overall? Uh, that's something that we, we need to look at. And, and um, uh, that's going to be a storyline tomorrow. Expect a lot of trades. Atlanta Hawks are aggressively trying to move up. How about the Celtics now with Al Horford breaking off talk, uh, talks with the Celtics? And it looks like he's going to get a four-year deal elsewhere. What will the Celtics do? They need to improve this roster. Kyrie Irving's not coming back. Uh, there's a lot there. The Atlanta Hawks, like I said, they have those two top 10 picks, 8 and 10. They're trying to move up, pair somebody uh, with Trey Young down there. What, th- what are they going to do? That's also very interesting to me. Uh, so a lot of fun tomorrow, and that uh, gets underway from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. But with that, let's welcome in Chris Ventra. He joins me here on the show. What's up, Chris? Up. What's up, my guy? It is your boy, the closer, Chris Ventra here, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see NBA draft. NBA draft. Um, I I want to talk about the odds on you know the first pick. Which yes, is, I know you're big on that, but are yeah. you a big uh, big draft guy? I, the NFL love the NFL draft. Yeah, but this is like more of like a shotgun wedding, right? The NBA draft as compared to the <laughs> NFL draft, right? Yeah. It, it comes at you like this. Like, you don't even have time to research prospects. Yeah. Luckily, I, you know, I watch college basketball, so you know about these guys. But right. it's right after. It's right on top of the uh, NBA Finals. NFL, you have three months, and it's this constant like, right. information that you're gathering. What do you like better? Do you prefer the NFL way of doing it or the NBA's? I, I like waiting a while. So I like yeah. an, NFL's. You know, give it some time. Uh, you know, let the offseason marinate a yeah. little bit before you actually do a draft. But, you know, if the NBA wants to do it, the way they want to do it, that's fine with me, too. I mean, I, it doesn't bother me or anything. I'm not, like, the way I look at this trip, you have the, the top three picks, and after that, you know, I, I might not know the guys deeper in the draft, but these top three picks, obviously, are very, very good. And the Knicks, you know, kind of thinks they didn't get number one, but they yeah. will still get a great player, no matter which way you slice it. You know what I mean? We hope. We hope. I mean. <laughs> we hope, right? Barrett, you know, Barrett, listen, he, RJ Barrett's supposed to be the guy. 
he has his issues, but he's also a great player. You know, he played alongside Zion Williamson, which obviously helps. But, um, you know, I think they're still going to have a, a great player on their hands, even if he doesn't start off so hot and maybe needs time to acclimate to the NBA climate. You know what I'm saying? Will he be as good as last year's number three pick overall, Luka Doncic? Or will he be more like Interesting. Adam Morrison, another former number three uh, pick overall? Adam uh, Morrison, there was an issue with that, though. He had uh, problems. He had what problems um, did he have? I think it was a blood issue or something like well, he's, that. He, he's diabetic. Diabetic, right. Yeah, so he dealt with that his whole career, even in college. Well, in college, supposedly, I watched this whole thing on him that he, you know, basically pushed himself to the max in college to win, you know, to try to win the, the championship, NCAA championship, and try to, like, prove that he could, he could do it. But yeah. I think it basically wore him out completely. And by the time he made the NBA, he was burnt out. Who he was done. Who produced that uh, special? Was it Adam Morrison? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no, I mean, it was just like... He was a, a big boss, bro. Yeah. I know, yeah, he was a big boss, yeah. but it, would be, it was due to that. I mean, it, was due, it wasn't about... Eh, he was know. a talented kid. He just couldn't do it. He didn't have the energy because of the diabetic issues. I'm sure had. it played a role, but that didn't you know? hurt him at Gonzaga. But, but uh, will, he, will uh, R.J. Barrett be more like Michael Jordan, another former number three pick overall? No. <laughs> no, I, no, I think no. we could say that. No, no, no. <laughs> no. no, he's not going to be MJ, but... Uh, there's been some uh, decent uh, number three picks overall. Uh, yeah. uh, Pau Gasol was the number three pick overall. Okay. He turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Luka Doncic had a fantastic season last year. Carmelo Anthony. Sorry. Another, another number three pick overall. Yeah, well, yeah. Carmelo. Not as, not as great as, as we really wanted him to be. He was probably better when he was younger, actually. So, so that's a good question. What do you think? Carmelo Anthony? What? So R.J. Barrett, will he be closer to Carmelo Anthony? Yeah. Or closer to... Mm. I'm just trying to pair up number three picks. Adam Morris. <laughs> no, what do you think? How do you compare I think he'll be, yeah. RJ Barrett to Carmelo? Coming out. The Carmelo coming out of uh, Syracuse. I mean, I don't think the hype is as big as when Carmelo came out. Because when Carmelo came out, it was LeBron, Carmelo, and those were the guys. Mm -hmm. You want one of those two guys. These are the star, superstars of the future. Carmelo didn't turn out to be like that. So I would say... R.J. Barrett, because he doesn't have that kind of hype that Carmelo had, I think he could do some good things. I think he could be a, a solid player. I don't think he's going to be a, a, a complete elite superstar. Right, Jason Tatum, another former number three pick overall. Comparable? You think he'll be more like I think Jason he'll be Tatum? better. Okay. I think he'll be better than Jalen Brown? He's going down the list. Number three picks. Jaleel Okafor? <laughs> I'm sorry. I think he'll be better than Jalen Brown. I, I think he'll be more on yeah. par with Jason Tatum. I'm sorry. Okay. James Harden was a number three pick overall. Back in 09. No, no, he's not. He's not, no? He's not going to be hardened. Uh, That's a lot to ask for. You know what I'm saying? That type of scoring. Ben Gordon? Mm. He's better. He should be better than Yeah. Gordon. Yeah, he should be better than him. He'll be good. Listen, he's going to be a solid player. I just don't know how long it's going to take before he becomes a star. You know what I mean? Okay, all right. Let's um, move on. I, I, you, you're really high on this uh, prop bet that we're yeah. looking at. Number one pick in the 2019 NBA draft. The odds are favored heavily. Towards Zion Williamson. Yes. And you're someone who likes those odds. Explain. So, okay, Zion Williamson is minus 8,000 on the FanDuel Sports. <laughs> That's crazy. Minus 8,000, which yeah. means he's a complete lock. And the thing about it is... <laughs> I okay, hope so. In sport, For your sake. In sports, there's rarely ever complete locks that girl was like looking this. At you I know, she was by. grilling me a little yeah, bit. That's little all right. Bit. You get that a lot? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm used to it, you know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> That's what you should have said. Go ahead. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, listen... There's not many locks in sports. I remember back in the day, I would bet Federer 
to win uh, in, in the final uh, of an Open, right? A U.S. Open or, uh, you know, Wimbledon or whatever. And he was pretty much a lock. He would be like minus 8,000, minus 10,000, crazy things. And people don't want to put the money. It steers you away. But put $8,000 to win $100. Yeah, that seems crazy. But Zion Williamson is the biggest lock you're ever going to get as a first pick. Which also means if, you, if uh, the uh, Pelicans decide to trade their first pick away to somebody else... That's, this is still on the table. Zion Williamson is still going to be picked first, so it doesn't yeah. matter. All that matters is who will be the number one pick, and it will be Zion Williamson. If there ever was a lock yep. for betting, yep. I would put, if I had $50,000, $20,000, dollars in the bank that borrow I could play it. with. Borrow it. Not even play with. I would take it all and put it all on Zion Williamson because you're not going to lose the bet. You're just not going to lose that bet. Boy, He's boy. going to go number one. There's no way around it. There's no unless something crazy happens between now and tomorrow's that, tomorrow night's trip. Yeah. Uh, I don't see how he doesn't go number one, and it's a yep. lock bet. We have the graphics for this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah, could right. throw that out. Hopefully, we could get that up there if we because can. we got uh, Zion at minus eight thousand. Yep. Then you got John Morant at twelve uh, plus twelve hundred, and then you have RJ Barrett plus fourteen hundred. They're closer, obviously, right? You know, trying to bet one of those, let's say, to who will be the second pick, that's a lot harder. Because, I mean, most people are going to say John, John Morant, but it's a lot closer. Plus 1,200 yeah. to plus 1,400. But minus that's 8,000, yeah. that's such a lock. You're right. You're right. That's such a lock. It's I would put lock. the house on it. The house. All right. All right. You heard it from Ventra. You're the right. house. You're, there it is. There's a prop. How could you not bet it? Yeah. Minus 8,000. Boy, I mean, that. if it, it doesn't scares you happen, away. you're done. It scares you're, you away. All right. You're homeless. You're homeless. <laughs> you're homeless. You're homeless. And you're going to be living here. You're going to yeah. be living here on that on that uh, red uh, love seat or whatever <laughs> you have down there. Sleeping. That's been slobbered over and, and oh, it's just disgusting. Sleeping in the uh, fantasy pit of misery. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, but listen, you're not losing the bet. You're not losing that bet. I, it's a home. It's ninety nine point nine percent chance that all right, all he's right. going to be drafted number one. Right? Am I am I wrong? No, no, you're not. But it's just like, boy, it, it you just takes that point one percent chance to go so the other way, and you're screwed. You're done. You're 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 homeless. Like I said, you're living on the streets. If I would risk house. it. I would risk it because the risk yeah. is so small yeah. to me. I mean, think about it. Like. It's not going to go any other way. It's minus eight thousand. Sh- this shouldn't even be a bet. It should be. A, it should be illegal <laughs> for this to even be it, a bet. Right? It yeah, it should be closed. It should because or it should be minus twenty thousand. Because honestly, there's not yeah. a bigger lock I like that it. I've seen. In I like it. Years. I like it. All right. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this comment by a Nesson anchor. Um, that's uh, Casey McDonald. Uh, she was. Uh, joining the Red Sox broadcast, and she's an anchor, and they, they throw it back during the Red Sox games to her for a segment called The Social Stretch. And, I, I you know, I guess it's uh, we'll get into that in a second. But she made an inappropriate comment when describing a fan eating mayonnaise or whatever, and he dumped it all over his uh, sleeveless T-shirt, <laughs> and she called it a guinea tea. Yeah. And now she had to uh, apologize for it because it's uh, insensitive, inappropriate remark and stereotypical of, of Italians, uh, yeah. that word, and how they, I guess. It's a slang word. Yeah. It. Yeah. Right. Known for it. But um, so she had to apologize for it. You're Italian. You're 100%. You're yeah. FBI, right? Right. Yep. I'm, I'm half. Um, <laughs> I think it was dumb and, and just. An she shouldn't comment. have said it, right? What do you think? Were you offended by it? Uh, I mean, I'm not offended by it because honestly, you know. Italians and, you know, in my neighborhood and everything, we've been getting made fun of for a long time. We don't really get sensitive <laughs> about it. About, like, man? well, Italian people in Brooklyn, like, yeah. hey, think about it. The Jersey Shore show. Yeah. You know how many times people come up to me and say, oh, are you from the Jersey Shore or whatever? Like, so many stereotypical things. Gotcha. And I laugh it off. Listen, we, 
in my it doesn't name, make it right, though. It doesn't make it right. Okay, because okay. okay, you shouldn't be saying slang things about any culture. When they, when, they, when they say that to you? If it's not like my friend, yeah. who's also Italian, yeah. then yes. But <laughs> Okay, good. But, good, but, good. but this is how... We, like if Brian downstairs, who's not Italian, I don't think he is, if he says that to you, you're going to punch him in the face. I mean, he's going to probably do it as a joke, then I'm not going to punch oh, him yeah, in the face. Yeah. You know? know? If it was malicious, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's someone I don't know. Then it's a little different. Now, like, this is the thing, though. When we, when we were young and in my neighborhood, that's what we do. Like, being friends sure, made make, making fun of each other. Me too, me too. But like, this that's was not do. that incident, though. I this mean, is not that incident. And she shouldn't be saying it on air. Yeah. It is a little insensitive. But I also think today's culture is a little bit too sensitive about a lot of things. Uh, there's a that's lot, a yeah. talk for another time. I agree with you, man. I, we ran out of time. We'll have you back tomorrow. We'll, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Cool? Cool. All right, that's Chris Ventra, the closer. Thank you, man. Thank All you. Right. Talking Yankee baseball next. Eric Borland from the Newsday Sports. He joins me, Yankee beat writer. Uh, We'll get into the Yankees next. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Money Now 100 is not a lender, broker, or agent of any lender or financial advisor. We do not make loans or credit decisions. You must be 18 years or older and a U.S. resident to qualify. This is not an offer or solicitation to lend. I went to MoneyNow100.com and got the $5,000 I needed deposited in my account the next business day. If you need money for any reason, help is here. Go to MoneyNow100.com and get the money you need. Need to pay off credit card debt? Go to MoneyNow100.com. Need your car? repaired? Need home improvement money? Visit MoneyNow100.com. If you need fast cash for any reason, go to MoneyNow100.com. Good, bad, or no credit at all. Go to MoneyNow100.com. You could get up to $5,000 as soon as the next business day. Go to MoneyNow100.com on your phone, tablet, or computer. Type in the address bar MoneyNow100.com. That's MoneyNow100.com. Rain dance. Make it rain. This used to be wake me up when it's LeBron versus the Warriors. But right. now you got 30 teams in the NBA, whether you're in the East or now with these injuries in the West, you legitimately believe you got a shot at this moving forward. With all the free agents out there, the draft on the precipice, I think a lot of teams are like, wow, the door is ajar. Let's see what we can do. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. 
What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Back here on At The Window on the Fantasy Sports Network, I am Sean Guasamacchia talking New York Yankees baseball, making the big trade for Edwin Encarnacion, who hit a home run yesterday in his second game, and Stanton back, and Aaron Judge back very soon. We want to welcome in Eric Boland. He covers the Yankees for Newsday Sports, and he has a really cool uh, pick of the Great Wall of China on his Twitter handle. Uh, Go check that out. Pretty pretty cool. Eric, where were you? The Great Wall of China, it looks like, in your avatar here on Twitter? Hey, Sean. Uh, yes, my um, I, I was there last uh, off-season over the uh, the winter in uh, Beijing, China, Shanghai, and Hong Kong, and uh, did, uh, had a great time. Yeah. Terrific. So I can't recommend it enough to anyone who has not been over to uh, to that part of the world before. Wow, that looks beautiful just looking at it. And I guess the cliff in the background, where is that from? That That's really, uh, really nice, too, as well. Uh, that was a, uh, another trip with my uh, girlfriend that we took to, um, to uh, the Cliffs of Moher in Ireland. Wow, I got to go there. That, that's really beautiful. Wow, I got to check that out. Uh, always impressed by that. <laughs> always impressed by that uh, so when I was looking you up on, on Twitter. But uh, let's talk Yankees baseball as uh, we welcome in Eric Boland, uh, Newsday Sports Yankees beat writer. Uh, Clint Frazier, I want to begin with Clint Frazier, sent down to the minor leagues. His teammates around the clubhouse, is he well-liked? Does he get along with his teammates in the clubhouse? Um, you know, there, there's not discord there, but uh, he certainly has rubbed some of them the wrong way uh, w- with some of the things that have happened since he joined the organization. You know, I, I think that when he didn't talk to the media a couple of weeks ago, uh, that got miscast as a media story when, in fact, it, it really is a, an intra-team story. And we in the media, some of us are, are guilty of the reason that it was miscast in that way. But uh, that's the type of thing that rubs teammates the wrong way because what happens is is when a player, and this is, and I wrote this in Newsday uh, a couple of days after it, it happened, uh, you know, it's ingrained in you as a New York Yankee. And this, that's the team I cover, so I can't speak for, for other teams or organizations. Organizations. But from the time you join the Yankees, the veteran guys instill in you this, that you, you, know, you don't have to talk after every game, but if you do something that is integral to the result of the game, particularly in a negative sense, it's your responsibility as a good teammate to be in front of your locker to answer questions. Okay. Right. And because what happens is if you don't do that, that means teammates that do come into the clubhouse, they have to answer questions about you. And you're answering questions on behalf of your teammate who should be in front of his locker talking about what he did or didn't do in a particular game. So what happens is, is because the media, you know, we we don't help ourselves in this situation. We make it about us and say, oh, well, he didn't come out and talk to us and he inconvenienced me and he made my story more difficult to write or to talk about if I'm a, a radio or TV person, whatever. And we make it about us. It's not about us. It has nothing to do about with us. It's about being a good or a bad teammate. And that's the type of stuff, particularly as a young player who doesn't have much on his professional resume, that veterans in the Yankees clubhouse or any clubhouse look at and say, who does this guy think he is? Right. So there are some, there are some issues there. Now, to address your specific question, is he, 
you know, widely disliked and looked at, you know, as, and, uh, is as he an outsider, outcast, yeah, outsider. Yeah. No, no, I, no, it's, it's not that, you know, how much, you know, you see him interacting with his teammates and, okay. uh, you know, he's not sitting in a, in a corner by himself or anything like that. Um, you know, but, but to say that he hasn't rubbed some of his teammates the wrong way since he's been here, uh, would be, uh, would be, uh, inaccurate to, to say that that has not happened. And his, his hair, like having to be cut two years ago, he in his speech in front of the media in Toronto blamed the media for that. But the fact of the matter was, and I wrote it in Newsday two years ago and, and wrote it again the other day, C.C. Sabathia, who basically had the attitude is, who does this 22-year-old think he is flaunting the hair policy? I'd like to right. grow a beard if, if I could. C.C. Sabathia grew a beard and forced the organization to address it because it ticked them off. So, you know, that was kind of the worst kept secret in the Yankee clubhouse that spring. So, uh, you know, Frazier hasn't done himself any favors. And once again, reporting late, well, I won't say late, but not yet reporting to the minor leagues as of uh, last night after getting sent down. Uh, that's yet another thing that's kind of rubbed people in the organization, both in the clubhouse and outside it, the wrong way. Yeah, seems to have a poor attitude, and that brings me to this question. Has he played his last game in Yankee pinstripes? You know, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I know that's popular narrative, and I've speculated on that myself, so I'm not se- separating myself from that narrative, Sean. Um, but he is, and I, I've talked to a lot of uh, talent evaluators and executives with other teams in the last few weeks about Frazier and of how much damage he's done to his trade value, both in terms of you know him seemingly having the yips in the outfield right. uh, in terms of going after fly balls and, and then fielding them. Uh, and and the, the, the overwhelming consensus that I've gotten is he's done some damage to his trade value, uh, but the bat looks like it's for real. Um, and, and they think you know that, that, that the fielding stuff you know, he can get better at because he has been better at it. If you can talk to scouts that looked at him in the minor leagues, both with the Indians and then with the Yankees, he wasn't this bad in the field. So it's sort of like looked at as a, as a mental obstacle more than a, a physical one at this point. And again, what everyone comes back to is the bat looks like it's a real thing. I mean, there's not enough on the resume yet to say, you know, automatically he's going to be a 25, 30 home run guy and you know, uh, have a, an 850 OPS or, or higher. Uh, but certainly it looks very promising. And I haven't talked to one scout, and I've talked to an awful lot of them uh, the last few weeks about this. I haven't talked to one that doesn't think he's going to be able to hit regularly uh, in the big leagues. But there's no question the fielding issue and some of the off-field stuff, not as much as we think, um, but, but he has damaged his trade value a little bit. Again, to answer your question directly, do I think he's played his last game as a Yankee? They're not going to just attach him as a throwing. You know, they're going to have to get something of value because he still is a guy that, you know, that they think can hit in the big leagues. Um, and that they're not just trying to, to get rid of for a bag of balls. I, I could see him being right, right. part of a, of a big package to get a, a pitcher without question, uh, but it's not going to be a, a, you know, a giveaway either. So to that point, uh, who are the Yankees looking at adding as far as starting pitching is concerned uh, to use Clint Frazier as that trade chip uh, in future deals, uh, who are the Yankees zeroing in on? Uh, who are you hearing? There's, names? Yeah, there's, there's nobody. There's nobody that, at this point. There's nobody that's zeroed in on. It's all and speculation I, I talked at this to point. someone. It's all speculation. Yeah, I mean, I saw a thing where you know the Yankees have scouted Madison Bumgarner. Well, they haven't you know scouted him specifically for that reason. It's part of their regular coverage. You know, look, the longer that that you, you do this. You, 
every team scouts every other team uh, from top to bottom in the organization. So it's not, you have to be careful when you see these breathless reports about, you know, Team X had a scout on, you know, uh, at the Yankees game last night. Most of the time, that's just part of an organization's regular coverage. The, the same way, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, scout the Yankees from the bottom of their farm system all the way through the big leagues. The Yankees do the same thing with right. other teams. You are, you know, in the next couple of weeks, you will get those those specialty assignments where, you know, the, the Yankees pro scouting department will, will say to one of their guys, okay, go watch the Giants for a week and zero in on Madison Bumgarner on his two starts that you see and tell us everything that, you, you know, you see. Uh, Yankees aren't quite at that point yet. But they're going to get there. But you know the names are, you know the names are the same ones that are that are out there. Bumgarner certainly, you know, is a guy that you know his name in, in spring training when they have their behind the scenes meetings about, uh, you know, who do you think is going to be available in three months? Obviously, people knew the Giants weren't going to be very good this year, and that Bumgarner, if healthy, was going to be available. Uh, he's had his ups and downs this year, but I think most people think he he'll be able to help a contending team. I'd look at a guy like Robbie Ray with the Diamondbacks. I know his name came up in the spring behind the scenes for the Yankees, but the Diamondbacks to this point, and people don't always take in this, this into consideration, Sean, you know, the Diamondbacks have exceeded expectations to this point, so they might not be looking to sell. Yeah. Um, and so when people say, oh, Yankees, just go out and get an ace, get, get a top-of-the-rotation guy, well, you know, if, uh, if a team isn't willing to sell, they don't exist in business just to make the Yankees better. So, um, you know, I know Mark, Max Scherzer's name's been mentioned an awful lot, but, you know, Washington's played a lot better in the last few weeks, and suddenly their record's not as bad as it once was. So, uh, you know, the Nationals might not be looking to get rid of essentially who's the face of their franchise at this point with Bryce Harper no longer there. So, you know, I, I probably can't give you any more names than the ones that are uh, already out there, but there's no question that when we get down to the brass tacks the last three, four weeks before the trade deadline, the, the Yankees will be fanned out all across the, the big leagues looking to uh, to add a pitcher because uh, anyone that's watched them knows that's their biggest need. Yes, uh, I was going to ask you that. Uh, you fully expect them to add a pitcher. Of course you do. Uh, Cameron Maben's been a nice addition. Uh, will he be on this team when, when Aaron Judge and everyone comes back healthy? Will he uh, still be on this team? You know, it more and more looks like, Sean, that – when when they are back in full and the whole cavalry is back, um, that they're going to have to sacrifice either Gio Urshela or Cameron Maben. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's probably going to be Maben uh, who, you know, when the Yankees picked him up off the scrap heap, basically, he was in the Indians organization hitting about 210, 220, something like that at the AAA Columbus, and, and he's flourished. Uh, in, in a Yankee uniform, certainly. Uh, he's a good fielder. The bat, I think he's homeward now at four straight games, counting last night. Um, that's going to be a tough one, but it's a numbers crunch, and, and they're more than likely, unless they want to take have one less pitcher but but they've had you know they've had 13 in the bullpen pretty much all year so uh, there, there's no indication they're going to change that um uh, they're they're going to lose somebody they're you know they're going to dfa somebody that they don't want to and, right. and hope that nobody picks them up but the way maben's playing if it is maben uh you know chances are someone's probably going to scoop him up yeah uh, he's batting uh 315 right now he's in there today and uh he's pleasantly 
um, uh, pleasant surprise uh, here for, for the Yankees. And he was a big prospect going back to his uh, Miami and in, in Detroit Tigers. So not unexpected, I guess, of reaching his potential. But uh, Yankees have a lot of problems because uh, – and it's a good problem to have with, with Stanton healthy now and back in the rotation. Now the addition of Incarnacion and now Judge should be back soon. There's – and Didi's back. There's you know, a lot of guys there uh, vying for playing time. I know it's a good problem to have, Eric, but ultimately uh, you want to play your regulars every day or near every day. Don't you think that that could become a problem with uh, guys not getting regular at-bats that they're used to? Well, who specifically do you mean? Well, I mean, look, LeMayu is going to be your third baseman, right? So Urshel is going to be yeah. on the bench, right? You talked about him. How about uh, Gardner and Hicks right. in center field? Uh, Gardner is going to go to the, go to the bench, right? Uh, they talked about right. how they want to rotate in, in the infield. Right? You have Voight. You can have Voight at first base. You can have Torres at, at second base. Didi, is, is he going to be your shortstop? So Urshel is going to be the, the odd man out there, right? Yeah, more than likely. So really, I mean, it's the, Gardner the, the and Urshel. guys that, I mean, I think that the, the you know, it, it, it kind of does work itself out um, because Gardner's, you know, he's had a, a little bit of a, a stretch recently where he's been decent, but for the most part, he, he hasn't he hasn't been great this year at the plate. He's a, still a solid, still a plus defender most of the time. Um, but at this stage in his career, you know, you'd have to say that, that Stanton is probably a better everyday option in terms of certainly a bat in the lineup. Uh, LeMahieu fits in, like you said, at the, at third base. So you, it's really not. I don't think it's quite as big of a of a, a crunch in terms of sending someone to the bench. You know, you're not talking about Edi Gregorius. You know, trying to find playing time for him or trying to find playing time for a Glaber Torres or something like that. You know, most of the most of the big guys, pretty much, actually, all of the big guys are, are going to be in there on, a, on an everyday basis. And the one probably that get hurt, hurts the most, who, who's played, you know, has been an everyday guy for his entire career, would be Brett Gardner. Yeah, and, and he's towards the end of his career. He's more of a leader at this point, right? A really valuable in the clubhouse. He's not going to go anywhere, right? So he's, he's definitely going to be that defensive replacement for Stanton, you think, uh, going forward. But but I only have a couple more minutes, Eric. I want to uh, ask you about John Carlos Stanton. How much pressure is on this guy now that now that he's back? I mean, yesterday, first game back goes over four and what have you, and people are writing about uh, the pressure that's on Stanton here to produce uh, this season and stay healthy. How much pressure, uh, in your opinion, is on Stanton to produce here uh, this season? Well, I mean, it, there's certainly pressure from the standpoint of getting fans off of his back. And the the honeymoon period for him this season lasted, I think, by about one at bat because he heard boos after he made it out in his first at bat last night. Uh, coming back after getting a, a pretty nice ovation. So, you know, Yankee fans, and, and I don't want to, you know, I, I try not to be critical of fans because I, I think it's a little unseemly for, for us in the media. Only when they boo Daniel Jones. Jones. That you know, was who, ridiculous. Who, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, for those of us that get paid to go to games, criticizing the people that do have to pay to games, uh, like, like a, I said, always point, strikes point, me. It's yeah. a little bit unseemly. Yes. Um, particularly, what, particularly just to go off on one of my little tiny soapboxes when, when we criticize the number of fans that are in the seats. I think that's really out of line. But anyway, um, but, you know, Yankee fans just decided last year they latched on to this guy very early on in terms of booing him. 
Uh, and he never kind of dug out of that hole last season, yeah. season even though if you look at his numbers overall, uh, he didn't have a great year, certainly in comparison to his MVP season of the year before, but, but it was not a disastrous year the way uh, a, a lot of fans kind of characterized it to be. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a super short leash. He heard a lot more boos than he did cheers last night, and that was in one game back in one oh for 4 So, uh, you know, I, I think, I, I, he, you know, I, he has not said that last year the booing bothered him, but I think at some point we're all human beings and it's yeah. got to be in the back of his head at least a little bit saying, man, these people can be tough. Yeah, I think they're striking out 211 times last season really took people by surprise. I think the next highest is 170. So uh, that was a little surprising there. And if you're not hitting 59 home runs uh, like, like he did the year before, so expectations were raised uh, when he came and played for the Yankees uh, last season. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, a little unfair there with the booing uh, the Yankee fans are. But uh, we'll see what he can do here going down the stretch. Eric, that's all the time we have. I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day to join me. Uh, it's much appreciated. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Sean. Good talking to you. Have a good afternoon. All right, there he is. Eric Boland covers the Yankees for Newsday Sports. And speaking of the Yankees, they're playing the Rays right now. Top of the second inning, 6 to nothing. They have chased Blake Snell, the reigning AL Cy Young winner. Just one-third of an inning, six earned runs. Gary San- uh, Sanchez with a three-run homer. Sabathia's on the hill. Let's see how long he lasts. Uh, always interesting uh, when Sabathia goes out there on the mound uh, through one. That'll be it for At the Window on this Wednesday afternoon. Thanks to Eric Boyland for joining me and, of course, Ed Cohen. Hopefully we get him back at some point. That'll be it for today. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. See you later. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, so powerful.